and welcome to Queering Eve, a spoiler-free-ish podcast about the TV show Killing Eve, made by some queers. Hi, I'm Nina, and I'm the one who is trying out some new meds currently, so I am kind of sleepy. Hi, I'm Tamara, and I'm the one who drank a lot of wine this week. Hi, I'm Nea, and I'm the one who just almost fainted from low blood sugar and then ate food, and now... I hope I'm better, but we'll see. We are all in a great state today. (laughs) (laughs) Queering. Today we are gonna be talking about the second episode of first season of the TV show Killing Eve, titled I'll Deal With Him Later. Written and directed by the same people as the last episode. And TV the, and some guy. Yes, and <laughs> this is the last episode that this guy, some guy, is featured on. So yeah, I think he did a good job. Yeah, I also think so. I enjoyed his work as well. So, we open on a murder scene in Bulgaria. Do we want to talk about Bulgaria first? I've never been to Bulgaria. Me neither. I have been twice, but I have nothing to say about it because I only saw the sea. Well, well, the lake. No, is it the sea? There's a sea. Yeah, the sea. I saw the sea. Yeah, Nina and I planned a trip to Bulgaria while we were still dating, but we never went. And now we never will. Because we broke up? Yeah. Alright, so what we learn about Bulgaria in this show is that there is one office building there. (laughs) Um, And a bus drives by, a woman witnesses this murder and then just calls her mom. I loved that. Yeah, and asks her mom if she needs something from the store. Did you just understand that? Well, I understood a couple of words. Like she said magazine, which is a store. Mm -hmm. And she said something else that sounded like a question. So I assumed that's what she's saying, but I did not check that. But I think I'm right. Cool, yeah, this is the level of research I approve of. (laughs) Anyway, a murder is happening in this office building, and um, it seems like Villanelle is enjoying herself. And has great hair. The hair is amazing. And yes, she has braided hair and she's wearing a big grey jacket. Which we will talk about in detail later. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. So I will not go into this now. So do you think she's having fun? Or is she bored? She seems bored in the end. What's your take on her mental state here? I think she's trying to have fun. She's like doing the best of it. But she's also like, oh God, this job isn't very difficult. I'm just here shooting some guy, whatever. Right. Later she tells Constantine that she was annoyed when he talked about his children and mm. the money and stuff. But then when she kills him, she like looks at him and looks kind of curious at what's happening with him when he's dying. Yeah, I think she's fascinated by that, mm-hmm. at least. She found the right profession for herself. <laughs> <laughs> mm, it's really good when like someone really, you know, finds their path in life. <laughs> <laughs> Even murderers. <laughs> I have a note. We see in this scene a certain bias because the title of the place we get is Bulgaria instead mm. of Sofia. Mm-hmm. Even though you even see the bus that I'm gonna assume is in Sofia because it says Sofia yeah, something. Yeah. And that's dumb. Yes. Also, I just realized that bus is not in Cyrillic. Is that... 
Huh. I think it's fine that we don't do our research, but they should. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think it's odd that Villanelle doesn't speak Bulgarian since she speaks so many languages and Bulgarian would be one of the easiest ones for her to learn since she is Russian? Or do you think this is one of the things of her like learning French and English and all these other languages and not wanting to speak Russian, which we find out later in this episode? Uh, So maybe like doesn't want to speak any Slavic languages or things that remind her of Russia. Yeah, I think it's very possible that she did actually understand him and was just like, I don't want to actually understand you, but I don't speak Russian or Bulgarian, so I can't say. I think the reality is that the writers have a bias against Eastern Europe, but the in-universe explanation that I like is the one where she just doesn't want to speak Bulgarian because it's too close to Russian. Mm. So I found a photo of a bus in Sofia, and it's definitely in Cyrillic. Yeah. I think they did it intentionally so that the, we see that it's in Sofia, but then why isn't the title saying yeah, Sofia? I, I think they don't trust their viewers to know that Sofia is in Bulgaria. Yeah, probably. Oof. Oof, yeah. <laughs> well, then we go to United Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> and Eve is meeting Carolyn for the breakfast that Caroline promised her to hopefully get a new career in podcasting? Sadly, no. It doesn't look like that job is podcasting, huh? <sighs> so Caroline asks Eve a little bit about her past. We learn that... Eve is very awkward sometimes. I really love... Excruciatingly so. I loved that. It made me really love Sandra Oh, how she played this in this scene. <laughs> I uh, enjoyed it very much yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. And I also enjoyed Caroline, on the other hand, just kind of putting up with a person being a human. Yeah, I she think... just like humoring her. It's yeah, just... I think she finds it inconvenient that people are humans and do human <laughs> things and not just tell her what she needs. But she kind of like, she's dealing with it, like she knows she has to deal with it, so she does. Yeah, I like how... Eve is kind of rambling and at some point she says that she then married her dad and (laughs) Carolyn looks at her like okay then (laughs) you just said that let's go on these are some of the things that Eve says that I wrote down we find out that they swept her work computer and found her research on female assassins she says she's just glad they didn't find the photos that she took of Frank eating I mean, that sounds disturbing. (laughs) Then this is a quote from Eve about murder. I'm just a fan. I wrote that one too. (laughs) She sure says that. (laughs) And also she says, if she's not killing me, it's not my job to care anymore. Which I love as foreshadowing, but I also love that she says, anymore. No, friend, it was never your job to care about this. (laughs) Yeah, but also before she says this, she says something about, like, she's outsmarting us, and for that she deserves to do, or, to do, or... (laughs) Right, (laughs) yeah. What did I write here? <laughs> to do or kill anyone she damn pleases. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm not sure I sure if forgot that's the exact to write quote. the word kill. <laughs> and I was very confused about my note here. <laughs> but yes, that's what she says. And I feel like that says a lot about this character. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really. This is really an enjoyable scene for me. Yeah. We find out that 
Eve is from Connecticut in the United States of America, which I assume is there to explain her accent, but to be honest, I cannot tell a difference between an American and a British person doing a movie slash TV show accents. It's all the same to me. I would never guess that she's not British from her accent. I have no opinion. I could not really? care less. Yeah. Okay. Nina, so you... anyway, that's just my assumption. That's why we learned this. Huh. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, we learn that she has this American accent, but uses a lot of Britishisms. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you can't tell those apart. Like I can't, like I can't tell apart an American in real life talking American English and an English person in real life talking real life English English, uh-huh. <laughs> British English, <laughs> British English. But but you know they do like a proper version of English in yeah. most movies and TV shows, and that to me there's no difference. Probably if I tried, I I would see it, but I don't try, so... I think I thought I could tell those apart, but I never noticed Eve having a different accent from other people. Exactly, exactly. What? (laughs) (laughs) What is going on here? (laughs) Can we just move on? This is is too weird. I I don't want to contemplate. I think you are the one that people will relate to. I think you and Tamara are the weird ones here. Yes, that's why I want to move on. I don't want to think about this anymore. I can't believe you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) So let's move on. So they just get their gin and tonics and then Carolyn asks Eve to leave and they just leave their gin and tonics, which is my movie slash TV show pet peeve, that everyone always leaves their full drinks at the bar. I completely understand that this is upsetting, but also we did not actually see them get up from the table. So for (laughs) all we know, they just drank all of it before leaving. I can't deal with this being edited in this way. Also, it was a really big gin and tonic. Yeah, I was thinking, is this like, are they getting water first and then they're gonna get (laughs) Yeah, like, this is in London, those gin and tonics must have been like 30 pounds or something. Yeah. Then Carolyn, maybe after they finish their drinks, (laughs) leads Eve to this door and tells her that once she saw a red there drink from a can of coke. With both hands. With both hands. It is a great moment. It is, I think, an iconic moment of this TV show (laughs) when she says that. To be honest, I feel like I have seen this rat drink from a can of coke. <laughs> like in real life or are you no, just No, like on the it? internet. Yeah. No, that's already eating a pizza, a pizza slice. Yeah, in New York, I think. Then they enter this building. They go to a door that says Calvin and Linton Stationery. They enter this door and come to this small office, which is the inside of Eve's brain. The inside of Eve's brain is very dark and in gray and brown tones, which I love so much. All the MI6, MI5, whatever British thing is, secret service offices look like this, are just like brown and horrible. And it's one of my favorite things on this show. <laughs> I think like most of the scenes that Eve is in are more like dark, not really dark, like... Discolored. Yeah, are kind of discolored. And then the scenes of Villanelle are super colorful and bright. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I enjoy that. I've never thought about that, but that is very true, yeah. Even just like 
because we do talk about the clothes a lot like their clothes like absolutely he is always in these dark colors and Villanelle is wearing every color on this earth yes yes exactly I did think about that and I also think it's amazing mm-hmm. good job show so they want to find this female assassin and we have this huge wall that we only see in movies with like and pictures and even like red string connecting places and it's very fun Mm -hmm. it was that was hilarious and i also thought it was so over dramatized it's just like a few pictures of a few murders like why is eve making such a big deal out of it it's funny (laughs) also we meet kenny yay hi kenny love kenny yes Dom is gone, Kenny is here. (laughs) And we go to Paris. Villanelle is in Paris wearing a beautiful jacket and she meets a neighbor of hers called Sebastian. And I just don't care. And then Constantine is in her place again. Drinking from a tiny cup. Indeed. And Villanelle makes a smoothie. Yes. It was very important to me, of course, to find out exactly what kind of smoothie she makes. So this is what I saw. She puts strawberries in, like whole, with the green part and all. Oh my god! (laughs) Um, She puts... Can you eat that? I mean, you can eat it, but is it like something that people do? I don't know. I mean, maybe she bought strawberries that were pre cut or something and I, can I didn't see her doing that. I didn't see the green parts I just saw that she just uh. took strawberries directly from the container and mm-hmm. put them in the mixer okay she adds a banana and supposedly some kind of yogurt or milk and that's a pretty boring smoothie for her I would say does it fit her character do you think I would expect some something, something flashy, flashy like a mango or some passion fruit bitter as well like I don't know. Rocket salad. (laughs) (laughs) What I enjoy about this scene is the look that Ilanel gives Constantine while she interrupts his speaking with the smoothie mixer. (laughs) I think maybe she would have added something else, but she had to mix at that certain point. because She had to make a point. Yeah. That's possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. You found it. Yeah, you, you got it. And Constantine is reprimanding her for the mess that she made in London and he tells her that she needs to get assessed. Any thoughts? It was hilarious when he was like, it did not look like suicide and then she was trying to contradict him. (laughs) I guess Villanelle also says that she really wants to do this murder and Constantine doesn't let her. He says that she has to be assessed first and Villanelle says that she really wants to do this one because the person has asthma and she likes the breathy ones. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And then she finds out who the person that will assess her will be. And her comment is that she will put those thingies in her bra. Chicken fillets. Yes. But then in the next scene, we actually see her in her iconic pink dress. Mm -hmm. So my question is, is this her idea of being attractive to a man? (laughs) (laughs) Or is she wearing this dress to specifically make fun of this man, which is what she is mostly doing during her interview? 
Oh yeah, I think definitely making fun. Yeah. So I love this pink dress even more if this is its purpose. It's perfect. Pink dress and the boots. Uh, Mm -hmm. Iconic combo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, this guy's name is Jerome, but he attempts to speak Russian with her. I was confused by that. I have thoughts about this. Okay, please share. He is not Russian. He cannot speak <laughs> Russian. <laughs> he is just some guy that is attempting to speak Russian so that he can get closer to Villanelle. Uh, makes sense. But to... Actually, none of these actors can actually speak Russian. Yeah, yeah no, I don't. I think so... the show still wanted him to be Russian I, or something, but no. <laughs> I was listening to it and I could not understand what he was saying at all. So then, like... I tried to transcribe what he was saying and I called my dad and made him listen to it and what, <laughs> he didn't hear it so I tried to like say it the way this guy says it so that we figured out which words he's trying to say because at first I thought oh they just wrote this in another language or this is just gibberish but then I realized that no he is just pronouncing things so weird that it took me forever to understand him so yeah, that wasn't great. So um, this dude assesses her. I think the show makes fun of the idea that a psychopath would feel compassion for animals, but not humans. <laughs> and then he says she's fine, but then... Yeah, anyway, we see a picture of what I assume is Eve that Villanelle draw, which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> because... Does she really do that? That seems kind of out of character. But anyway, assuming that she did, Constantine thinks that this is in fact Anna, who we will hear about more later. I think it does not make sense chronologically that they bring her up here, but I didn't want to get too deep in this hole like I usually do, (laughs) because I don't care. Yeah, we figured it's just them bringing Anna up so that we know about Anna. Then Villanelle is yelling at Constantine in the streets. We see more shots of this iconic dress. I think these are the more iconic shots of this dress. Because you can see it so well and it's so beautiful. (sighs) I want it. Villanelle pretends to worry about Constantine and gives him a hug. And she steals a postcard from his pocket. Also, I want to be super smart and say they are, in fact, not on the streets, but on the Place Vendôme. (laughs) The next scene is uh, Villanelle at home running on her running machine. Treadmill. Treadmill! Running machine! (laughs) (laughs) It's a running machine. (laughs) She is being normal because Constantine said that she should go do something normal. Did she? Sorry, did she have this treadmill before or did she buy it (laughs) to be normal? I think think she specifically bought it to be normal because I don't think it makes sense for her character to have a treadmill. I think it does because she needs to be really fit. Not treadmill. Treadmill. I'm learning. (laughs) (laughs) I think it does make sense for her to work out because she does need to be fit for this job. I just don't know if she would have this in her apartment. Yeah, it doesn't like look good. There. Yeah, exactly. That was my thought as well. But now she's doing this and she is wearing cool, normal sports clothes. And yeah, Sebastian stops by and Villanelle invites him to do something normal. So they go for a walk and they talk about the perfume industry and about how her boss 
is being a real bastard. Yeah, and Villanelle just has to lean in and you know climb like, that ladder. Yeah, you know, achieve those goals like a real feminist. Yeah, yeah. And she tells him that she likes national anthems <laughs> and checks out a woman with curly hair while on this date. And then we go to a sex scene. Does anyone have opinions on this sex scene? Because I personally do not, but I read that the internet does. Well, I just thought it was funny, but that's my whole opinion, so... What does the internet say? That it's really subversive, that she's, like, using him for her pleasure or something like that, that, like, it's very switched from how it usually works gender wise I really don't know my thoughts on this are it doesn't look fun (laughs) and I like that she's fully clothed yeah Mm -hmm. I agree with the internet because my thought was it definitely looks more like she's just having sex with him and he's kind of there which is definitely something that you see but like reversed a lot do you think it's weird that she slept over yeah yes definitely but I think she didn't, she didn't. I think he just fell asleep and she left immediately. No, but we she's see her in the morning. Is it? And she's not yeah. wearing the dress anymore. Yeah, she yeah. took it off after having sex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that she took the dress off <clears throat> after they had sex. And yes, it's very weird that she slept over. I guess that was just her continuing to be normal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. Then, I guess, then she leaves. And she leaves, and the old lady, who is her neighbor, sees her, and she's like, all right, and they, like, high-five, and they do some bro moves. <laughs> <laughs> they do this elaborate high-five that they have. Yeah. <laughs> then we move on to a Breaking Bad scene, where Villanelle is making perfume. Yeah, um, I, what I wrote down is, she makes a death perfume. And then we move back to London. Eve is meeting Elena and Bill, in front of the door of her new secret workplace. And Elena is hot. Elena is looks amazing. She looks amazing. She is so fun. I love the joy in her face when she says like that she quit her job and how quitting her job was all that she was working towards yeah, or something like that. It's so good. I love her so much. She's very excited to work with Carolyn and then they go to the office. I like that Bill is being a scully in this situation. <laughs> yeah, he is indeed. He is and Eve has some problems adjusting to having a scully there. I mean, he also is having some problems adjusting to not being the boss, but I think it's really nice how they talk about it and work it out. Yeah, I find it to be a very good scene of, like, Bill being skeptical and it kind of seeming like this is kind of him being a bit misogynistic and not being able to adapt to this new role where where he is not the boss. I mean, I think it does come from misogyny, like, part of it, but it's also... He does have some good points about there needing to be more to, like, connect these things and not just going into it with these assumptions. But then also that they have this conversation and, like, work things out. I really love it when people communicate and then (laughs) just work things out. It's really good. Yeah, I love their working relationship. It's truly really nice and it makes it 
even more incredible that Eve just does not communicate with Nico because she seems to be capable of communication. Anyway, there's something I wonder about. Bill says, but didn't Kasha say the killer was a brunette? <laughs> um, that was hilarious. Yeah? Yeah. Why? Because why would that even matter? Yeah, okay, that's one part. But what I was wondering about is when, to whom? Like, <laughs> they barely even figure out that Kasha said she had small breasts and then figured out from that that it was a woman. Did she ever tell anyone that it was a woman? It's like with the word psychopath in Polish, it's not just gendered, it's also the added of like... I mean, I guess it's possible that while she was in the hospital... No, I don't accept that, because the idea was that Eve was going there so that she can find out something and no one else is doing that. Yeah, And and we would have heard mm, about it. This is a mistake. And directly after that she gets murdered, so there's no point at which she could tell anyone, oh yeah, the killer was definitely a brunette. Yeah, we know that when she was dying, like Eve was trying to get something out of her and she didn't say anything. She didn't say, oh, it was a brunette, and then died. (laughs) Famous last words. (laughs) I'm almost definitely wrong, but I also feel like she did share that information at the very beginning of the first interview. But it's very possible I just made it up. No, you she did. didn't. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> yeah, this is the kind of mistakes in the writing that I care about too much, so... And I don't. Kenny and Eve have a toilet paper moment. How many sheets do you need, he asks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then another significant moment is Eve looking into the mirror and through that realizing that she met Villanelle. I mean, she doesn't realize that it's Villanelle just yet. It just gives her, like, a clue sure, what but she should work on. I think that it crossed her mind. Oh, definitely. She yeah. just didn't voice it yet. Yeah. She yeah. says that... That's the thought she had. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. I met her. Yeah, but I'm sure, but like... Oh, I know. Yeah, that. yeah. But I think it is important for her to like have the realization at the end of the episode while Villanelle is having the realization. I like that like happening simultaneously. And now we go back to Paris for a while. Villanelle picks up her brown wig. Uh, not this is a different brown wig than oh, yeah. last time. Better one. Yes. No. <laughs> well, okay. The better. style of the haircut fits her better. I disagree, but let's agree to disagree. Yeah, we can do that. And a caterer dress, and she calls this disguise Claudie. And then she just straight up goes to this event that uh, she's not allowed to go to. Uh, Can you imagine being so chill? The way she just goes in, lies about everything, and just like starts doing that job. What I would give for that confidence. Yeah, I love how she has this one face which is her caterer face which is like just a little bit confused but she kind of knows her job and she knows where she's going but she's just a little insecure and then when no one's looking she switches to this incredible confident and curious look of just Villanelle being there in that moment. Mm-hmm. It seems that she's at some kind of... what? A, what is this event? It's a political dinner for people who give money to your campaign. Okay, and it seems that this person who will be the victim is the main donor to this politician. And this politician calls her a feminist and 
she <laughs> seems to enjoy this idea of herself being a feminist, which Villanelle totally takes advantage of later. Oh yeah. So, wanna, you, do you want to talk about feminism? <laughs> <laughs> I identify as a feminist. <laughs> and how do you, as a feminist, feel about donating money to political campaigns being a feminist act? Or like being a rich person being a feminist act? Yeah, I don't know. I don't like the... I don't think feminism can intersect with capitalism. But also I think it is important for feminism to intersect with politics. I mean, it is a political idea. But I feel like, of course, there's this idea that exists that the main success of feminism is women being CEOs and women being rich as well yeah, and women def- also exploiting workers, yeah, not just it, men. It was definitely, it definitely, I mean, we don't see it very much, but it definitely felt like the lean-in feminism or the, like, corporate genre of feminism which yeah yeah but also i feel like this show was not taking the stance that this is good or something i agree when i heard it i thought it was mocking it yeah Yeah, exactly i and yeah i wanted to say that i really enjoyed that it was mostly there so that villanelle could take advantage of it against this woman yeah and yeah good job show for that (laughs) i liked that now comes the moment when uh, Villanelle follows her victim to the bathroom and her excuse is that she is going to bring her tampons. I loved that! When I first watched that scene, I got scared like, oh no, she's getting busted. And I loved that she had that cool trick with a tampon, like so smart. Yeah. So then she goes talk to this woman. I didn't bother to remember her name or anything, I'm sorry. First, this woman is a bit reluctant to talk to her or to smell her perfume but then Villanelle uses that feminism (laughs) yes Villanelle uses this idea of her paving the road for other women who want to start their own businesses to get her attention and then enjoys watching her die also what I just realized that when she sprays this deadly perfume she puts it on her wrist where I assume is already another perfume. (laughs) (laughs) So, what's up with that? (laughs) But I think this is such a cool way to murder someone. Oh, it is one of the cooler I agree. Yeah. I agree. And... Like the word we get a bonus murder later, yes. so (laughs) even better. That's that's what makes this method even better. Yeah. It's really good. I do not, however, understand when she is dead and Villanelle goes to her body, takes her hand and says, bye bye. (laughs) (laughs) Why was that necessary? (laughs) It seemed fun, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, when you have a little fun with a dead body. I guess I can't relate. This show, you are not being relatable. (laughs) (laughs) You're just not fun enough, you know? I'll take that. I am a killjoy. A kill. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's go back to London, all right? Yes, to the pub with Frank. Yes, indeed. We find out that Frank's wife died, Mm -hmm. and that no one is horrible about it. (laughs) Yeah, Frank admits that there was no CCTV, and is very drunk. And Elena walks him to the cab and whispers to the other ones. 
that was fun. <laughs> Which is just, oh, she's such a fun character. This like, truly, story. like, you know, horrible. They're all horrible to Frank, which I have to admit, having seen this show, I don't feel too bad about. But yeah, Elena really enjoyed, enjoys herself doing this. And Bill and Eve have a little laugh about forgetting that his wife died. Yeah, they're <laughs> truly horrible, but it is entertaining. And especially the Elena part, like being like, oh, guys, you're so terrible. And then behind Frank's back being like, this was fun. We should do it again. This is probably my favorite Elena scene, which says a lot since I love all Elena scenes because she is hot and funny. And possibly my favorite scene of this whole show. Oh my god, that's a bold statement. A very bold statement, but I just, I feel very strongly about it. I remember when I watched this for the first time, I just kept going back and watching (laughs) this part over and over again, because I think it's done perfectly. Yeah, I think this is the main strength of this season of this show, these little fun moments that the characters have, like, good jokes and great acting and great chemistry between the actors and Mm -hmm. ah, Mm -hmm. I agree also I want to say that while they are horrible to Frank I think he kind of deserves it not just from like the show as a whole but because in this scene he gets way too close to Eve and yells that she is a tiresome think bucket (laughs) oh boy and I truly did not enjoy that but also Tiresome think bucket? <laughs> I kind of like that as an insult to be clear. Yeah, I think fair. they're good at insults. Well, what did Bill and Eve call him in the previous episode? This. Dick swap? Yeah. Dick swap. Yeah. Then Eve is at home and lying to Nico for about two minutes before she blurts <laughs> oh, out it's the truth. Less than two minutes. <laughs> I also think this is one of the better scenes of their relationship. Like, it's her telling him the truth about the thing. And back to Paris, this episode does not provide many exciting new places to go, it's just the switching between London and Paris. Mm-hmm. Hey, we were in Bulgaria. London, Paris, Bulgaria. <laughs> and in Paris, Constantine is at Villanelle's place again, and he's mad at her for doing the job that she wasn't supposed to do. She's mad at him for lying about it. And then Sebastian comes in with some takeout that he apparently got for Villanelle without making plans about it in advance, it would seem. Which is weird to Man. me. <laughs> <laughs> I love the scene of Sebastian being like, oh, she was talking about how her boss was being such a bastard, you know? And Constantine has to take it. (laughs) And Constantine tells him to leave by going, shall I come back later? (laughs) And then Sebastian goes, shall I come back later? (laughs) And Constantine's like, great, thank you. (laughs) Also, Villanelle says to Sebastian, he's my brother, he has a condition. (laughs) And Sebastian goes, oh, I'm sorry, I'm Sebastian. (laughs) All of this makes so much sense. (laughs) Also, he gives Villanelle a USB. With national anthems. Yeah, and he wrapped it in the colors of the French flag, so it might just be the The French French anthem. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Then Villanelle and Constantine chat a little about Sebastian. 
Villanelle calls him her boyfriend <laughs> in a way that like a seven-year-old would say that she has a boyfriend. Yeah. I enjoyed that. <laughs> and Constantine mm. tells her that a woman in London is investigating her and Villanelle asks more about it and right, she yeah. hears the name Eve Palastri. And Villanelle is so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Could not be more excited. And then we hear... A thud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Sebastian was shown to be this kind of nice guy, but like stealing her perfume is kind of a fucked up thing to do. And I guess he deserved to die. <laughs> I disagree. Yeah, I also um, disagree. Honestly. I think he was just very supportive of his girlfriend and like he was just really excited about her work so he wanted to just smell the perfume he wasn't going to steal it he asked her if he can smell it and she said no that and is that, true yeah. i just i don't think it's as bad as you make it out to be of course even <laughs> though i do enjoy his death it oh, feels terrible because yeah. he is he's a nice boy but, but gosh, it's darn, so it's well great. written. God, yeah. it's so good. I remember and also seeing this for the first time and I was just so overjoyed. And, and Villanelle <laughs> saying, Delph like, with? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. That's, that's, what, that's the shit that I'm here for. Truly. And then she's listening to the French national anthem on her computer that she got on the USB. And she is googling Eve at the same time as Eve is going through Kenny's results of the nurses. nurses. Yeah. Yeah. So while Eve figures out that the person she saw is not in the registry of nurses, meaning she was there as somehow like she infiltrated in there and therefore she was the assassin and she saw her at the same time. Villanelle Villanel finds a photo of Eve and she remembers her. I mean, while she finds the photo of Eve, she also finds a page about Nico being a bridge champion. Oh, yes. wow, I did not know that. Yes, apparently he is a bridge tutor and national champ of 1998. Is that his wow. job? No, he's a teacher. Right, he is a teacher. <laughs> is his job being a national, what <laughs> is it? National champion? No, I meant tutor. <laughs> Hard, but okay. no, I think that is his hobby. But yeah, more importantly, Villanelle sees Eve, remembers her, and is excited. Yes, and these two parallel scenes are beautiful. It is so gay. And that's it, that's the episode. Ooh. Now let's move on to the most important segment of the episode, outfit of the episode, or oh oh. T-E, yes, presented by Tamara. Thank you. In episode 2, season 1, Villanelle wears 8 different outfits. 8. 7 to 8. And they're all perfect. They're, well, we will see. (laughs) So the first one is in Bulgaria. She is wearing a, what I think is fake leather, high-waisted pants a black t-shirt, a dark green bomber jacket, what looks like it might be black converse, and she is sporting Dutch braids 
that might also be French braids. I cannot tell a difference, but <laughs> one of those things. But they, they look she so looks so good. They fit her so well. She looks cool and fun with them. And I just love the idea of her being at home and just braiding her own hair and like learning to braid her own hair. My opinion on this outfit is that it's a sort of fantasy murder outfit. Well, fantasy <laughs> assassin outfit. It almost has that... What's that movie with tiny Natalie Portman that I never saw? Before Vendetta? No. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's Scarlett Johansson. I don't know which, which one. <laughs> the, the, the French one. Leon, the serial oh, hero. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay, that's Natalie Portman. <laughs> Natalie Portman, okay. okay so, very tiny. So it has, it has that vibe of this chic... I mean, not that Villanelle isn't chic, but like vintage chic murderer from the 90s. Yes, you are correct. So, amazing. Next outfit is a wide leg pink trouser that has on the side two white stripes, which makes it look kind of like an Adidas tracksuit, (laughs) (laughs) which I love. Yes. And then it also has this red stripe detail on the waist. They are also high-waisted, just like the before ones. And then over this, well, she's also wearing a pink blouse. Not very light w- pink. Very light pink. And then she's wearing what my... Well, it's sort of also a bomber jacket, but I would not really necessarily call it a bomber jacket, but it's very similar. And it's in a very grandma flower pattern and has a lot of zippers. I have to say I did not even notice the zippers, but I love this jacket. I would wear it like in a second and just... And also she's wearing black shoes. Possible the same ones from the first scene, but cannot confirm. And then we come to the legendary pink tool dress. (sighs) That everyone knows that I probably watched this show for at the beginning. Yeah. I, for some completely unrelated reason, today opened the Wikipedia page on this episode and there was like a huge section just about this dress and about its cultural significance (laughs) and how everyone wore pink to the next Met Gala because of this dress. Oh, wow. Yeah. Or wow. some other or some other event. I don't remember if I didn't do my research properly. But yeah, just oh my god, this, this dress. <laughs> this dress is the most important dress of all time. I want it so much. <laughs> I will say, upon close scrutiny <laughs> Ooh, there will be criticism for the perfect dress. I do not want to diminish the importance of this dress. It's amazing. It's very important. But if I made it, I would put a little bit more support to it because it's literally just made out of tool. And then when you move, it doesn't move that nicely. I think So that's... now that I was like really paying attention, that bothered me. I think that's like part of its charm though. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is not to be worn. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I agree with that. Oh, of course. I mean, we didn't mention, but it's uh, an important part that she's wearing black boots with it. Like it and would not work. her black bra and that also oh. looks incredible, I think. Yeah, this yeah. outfit would not be what it is without the black boots for sure. 
and other details she's wearing a lot of expensive gold jewelry she's wearing gold earrings and two rings and also a watch and yes she's wearing this black bra underneath and black shoes they're ankle boots but on the side they're actually open <laughs> wow and just like closed at the top with a buckle so brave it's amazing mm -hmm. truly not a pragmatic outfit no love to see it <laughs> <laughs> exactly and then we move to the antithesis of this outfit which is her workout clothes she is wearing a black sports bra with those intricate bag details and then just a three-quarter leggings and matching t-shirt in like this blue pattern that you have no idea what this pattern is supposed to be and trainers with it that's it then when going on the date she is wearing this beautiful red white wrap dress with sunglasses and she is now wearing a ponytail she's still wearing the earrings that she wore with the pink tulle dress and this dress has this really beautiful detail of a white button on the sleeve <laughs> which i think is amazing and she is also wearing, we don't see that yet, we will in the next scene, but she's wearing a satin slip and panties and white sneakers with this. Mm. I would never have guessed that I would like this kind of dress, but I think it's so gorgeous. It just looks so good, especially in that scene when they're just like walking. And, yeah, yeah, it looks perfect for her, for her role of a normal person in that moment. And it's... It's a beautiful summery dress that makes you feel happy to wear it. Yeah. I also think it looks kind of vintage. I'm not mm. saying it is, but it does look like it could be vintage. For sure, that's its style. So I really, I really love it. And I really, really love the pattern. I can't say what it is, but it's just... It's beautiful. It's kind of 70s. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Then this is um, sixth outfit, so this is whether you would call it, it's like a five and a half because she is wearing the satin s slip and panties and over it she put a blue white robe. Yes. So this is an outfit. Yes, I like and it. Then the, nice robe. Yeah. And then the seventh one is Claudie. So she is wearing a brown wig with bangs, this mm -hmm. is which is hairstyle that I had a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, no, I have nothing against bangs. I just really don't like this style on her. I thought it looked like so... Like it wasn't styled enough for her. Yeah, I would I would say I that. Mean, I think it does. it's not styled enough for Villanelle, but... For yeah, of course, I understand that it's an outfit, but still, like, I can't... I can't separate the two mm. completely, you know. Really well, like anyway, it. she's wearing a beige trench coat a white shirt, a black tie, black capri trousers, a black bag, black flats, and those flats are like the ones that we all dreamt about having in primary school. <laughs> <laughs> well, not everyone. Yeah, well, I do I, not know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like a, just a flat shoe. The upper part is open and then it has a... You still close it with a strap, but it's like a very wide one and then it's the last outfit which we already saw in the previous episode so the red pant with the the shirt with the huge pattern which makes me think that this is pajamas 
That's a little sad because it's such an amazing outfit that people deserve to see. I mean, people get to see it in his pajamas. <laughs> she sleeps with people. Well, but I don't think she wore that when she slept with people. I think she just wears this alone at home. But um, yeah, I loved seeing more of this in this episode. I think in this episode it convinced me even more. Like, this would be my favorite outfit of this episode if it wasn't for the pink dress. Which leads us uh, smoothly to our conclusion of this segment, which is everyone saying what their favorite outfit was. Is it a pink tall dress? Come I on. mean, I know, yeah, it's everyone's <laughs> favorite. There's, uh, there's no other possible answer, it's just so iconic. Yeah, like all of these outfits, or most of them, are truly incredible, but nothing beats this. Nothing. Okay, so then since it's not really a competition, what's your second favorite outfit? Honestly, for me, it's the satin underwear with mm. the robe. Okay. Wow, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I would have to say the pajamas, I guess. But also, I'm also very into both bomber jackets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think for me, it would be the first outfit. Mm-hmm. The hair. Yeah. God, the hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank you, Tamara, for this actual research. <laughs> so how would we rate this episode? Oh, um, I had to think long and hard about this. Oh, I mean, I will have to do that every time. I hate this segment, sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I decided that this, I really, really enjoyed this episode. It brought me joy. And that's why I would rate it the Rufus Wainwright album Out of the Game. Wow. That album really brings me joy, I think. It's very joyful. And it's a bright and, like, uh, rich thing. I rate it Imagine Me and You, Hmm. the movie. Hmm. Because it's... There's so much possibility in this episode. And I feel like this movie kind of has the same vibe so nice that's my rating nice mm. i rated rafiki because Ooh. it is a great movie with lots of pretty colors and great outfits <laughs> of that are very colorful and beautiful and also like has a nice ending and i love the ending of this episode of even villanelle realizing who the other person is and yeah just good So to finish off this episode, let's play a game again. Today's game is, if you went on a date with Villanelle, which of the following drinks that appear in this episode would you order? A gin and tonic. A very large gin and tonic. A a very large (laughs) gin and tonic. A Coke <laughs> that a rat has drank. Well, let's not add that. Just... It can just be a Coke that a rat will drink out of. <laughs> you are the rat. <laughs> a glass of champagne. A smoothie. a smoothie made just out of bananas, strawberries with the green leaves still on them, and milk. Or a beer. 
I'm gonna go with the smoothie because I feel like I would be very terrified while on a date with Villanelle, so I would need something filling and good for my body. Something comforting. Yeah, yeah, all of those things. So I'm going with the smoothie. Also, I just really love strawberries and smoothies, so <laughs> enjoyable. I would probably order a gin and tonic. I don't particularly like beer or champagne and I do like gin and tonic but I feel if I just ordered a gin and tonic this would not suffice. I think that I would have to order the most expensive gin that they had. That then it would somehow be acceptable even though I don't feel like a gin and tonic is really a Villanelle thing but I think if I order the most expensive one she would like be okay with it. Um, I guess I'm like torn between your two choices. <laughs> I, if um, if it was me going on this date, the me who doesn't drink, I guess I would just go with a smoothie and like hope that like me being confident in my choices would convince Villanelle not to just like leave the date immediately. <laughs> <laughs> But if I could drink alcohol, I think I would definitely want to drink on a date with Villanelle <laughs> to be less terrified. And I think I would enjoy a gin and tonic and maybe I would take your advice, Tamara, and like order something fancy. So those are our answers. If yeah. anyone is listening, you can <laughs> tell us your answers. What would you drink on your date with Villanelle? If you are a rat, because yeah. you are a rat of in this course. situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, dear listener, thank you for listening. This is it for episode two, and we will record episode three. We will! Yes! Bye! Bye! Bye. probably cut this out but I just want to say that the pink dress has a lot of shirring detail that's what that's called when it's gathered at the front and at the sleeves that's shirring huh. sure thank you for shirring <laughs> 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 so I am sorry I am so sorry